Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection podcast. I am the anchor host, Deb Bowen, and I am so delighted and honored that you are joining us for yet another adventure as we explore a whole new topic and a whole new realm and way of being today. My co-hosts this week are my lovely friend Dale Rutman, who is a psychic medium, a past life regressionist, on and on and on go Dale's credentials, and my lovely friend Joel Hawkins, who is a crystallologist. And I am so happy to have you both with me. Hello, guys. Hi, Hi. Deb. Hi there. Hi, Dale. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh yay. Thank mm-hmm. you both. Uh, folks, our topic today, this is actually going to be uh, the first of a two-part uh, discussion on star beings. So Dale and Joel are going to lead us off this week in that discussion, and then next week we'll have Sherry Purbeck and Roger Lockshire following up with their perspective on this topic. So the topic today is star beings. What are they? Who are they? How in the world do we define that term, Dale? Right, right. Well, that that term or that word is thrown around and people get so confused. Um, and you're like, tell me what's the difference from the difference from star beings to star seeds to what is going on? So a star being is someone who believes that they um that they have originated and they they have um, come from another planet from Mars. They they did not they were not born here. Um, they were born on another planet, um, somewhere in the multitude of galaxies that we have, and um, they come here. And most of the time, they come here to help us. So uh, a star seed is one that um, is a hybrid who was born here, who took a life here, chose to take a life here. And so that is the difference between the two. So that helps to differentiate um, a star being from a, from a star seed. Oh, okay. Joel, you want to weigh in here at this moment? Yeah, so Dale, are star beings and star beings, uh, well, let me start by this. So star seeds, and, and I also read star persons, are they often used interchangeably? Star beings and star persons are used interchangeably. Yes, they are. Okay. So and you can and, definitely do that. And the star seeds are more, I, I, when I, and this is just me reading, So, and, and I don't know if this is applicable in your personal and professional experience, because I, I realize it can differ for different people. But, the, for example, a star seed might be like an indigo child? It could uh, most definitely be an indigo child, yes. Okay, okay. And a star being would be more like a Pleiadian, correct? Mm. 
Yes, yes. That's okay, okay. I was just trying to another, compartmentalize another, that in my mind galaxy. from what I've read in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. One thing that I was curious, if if you, and, and you can, certainly as you get into this a little more, it may make sense, but does it, when you've been contacted by a star being, does it necessarily mean that you're a star seed and that you shared a similar origin? No, it doesn't. It doesn't? Um, okay. Now, a star being, if you're contacted by a star being, that is something you have agreed to do with your contract when you wrote your contract before you came in. Uh-huh. And you have agreed that you and that particular star being or beings have entered into a contract. And so typically people who do that um, usually help star beings by um, taking a life. And part of their life would be, say, they might uh, offer them information. Uh, maybe they might be a geologist. And you would be uh, one of those people that would offer a star being information, say, on the Earth. And you would um, give them the information uh, telepathically. So it is in your contract that you agreed to do that. That's interesting. Is it always a scenario where a star being would first contact you, or do, do we have the ability at random to reach out or attempt to reach out to star beings? Well, if you put it in your soul contract, then the, the, um, the deal has been made. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It, does, it doesn't matter. It just happens. Got you, got you. Now the the trick is what happens. What I found, what I have found with hypnosis is this. You know, we come here and we have amnesia, and we forget what our contract is. And so the people that I have seen, they they forget that they told a star being that they would do things for them, and when they see them, they get hysterical. Um, the ones that I have worked with that claim to have been abducted, um, they get hysterical. And they forget that they made a contract with them. And so if you put them, um, if you have them under hypnosis, then what you can do if you take them down deep enough, they will recall that they agreed to do this. And when you play it back for them, or sometimes people, they don't even have to hear it, but they recall it. They realize it was not, it's not scary for them. And many of them recognize the star being that they actually made that contract with. And then the fear goes away. Wow. So I found that to be very interesting. Now, in yeah. these cases that you're citing right now, for instance, when they're under hypnosis, are, is, is this communication or experience that they had with star beings, has that already occurred or potentially yet to occur? Well, if it's an ongoing thing, say if you take an example of someone who's a geologist and um, they um, work in the earth, say, when they work in the earth and typically they've already given information 
then their life's work would be, say, as a geologist. And so the information would be ongoing throughout their life. So um, they would remember that under hypnosis, and it wouldn't be so scary. So they would be, most of the time, willing to continue with it because this is a planet of free will. If you don't want to work with them anymore and you decide, hey, look, you know, um, this is all just too overwhelming, you can break that contract and ask them to just go away. And I haven't met anyone who did that, um, that, it, that they didn't honor that and they went away. So you have, you have the option to do that. But most people realize that, uh, oh, this, this, this entity is a familiar entity to me, and I understand what now why I'm a geologist. And I understand now why this is happening. And so I, I do want to continue because it is a, an in-service thing that they're doing. Um, so they usually continue to do it, and then they get more ambitious about it. So okay, Dale, wait. I've got to stop you. <laughs> okay, i, I just got to stop you and, and play kind of the skeptic and the, the devil's advocate here, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, because I, I, you know, and let me just make it clear. Personally, I don't doubt you at all, but I, I just mm-hmm. am thinking, okay, if I'm, if I'm listening to this show, to this episode about star beings, and I'm thinking, this stuff is whacked. Nobody really talks to, communicates with, connects with in any way beings from other planets or galaxies or, or wherever. And how do you know you have? And what do you mean I'm agreed to work with a star being by being a geologist? Whoa, what does all that mean? Right. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it is out, it is pretty far out there. And I know you know that because you live it. So and I know you're going to tell us about that. But go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the people that come to me that are very confused about, you know, they come to me usually because they have missing time or they have something on their mind they can't get off their mind or they've seen a star being and they're very frightened. And so they don't want what's going on. They think they're crazy. And it's an embarrassment to them, and they, they don't want to tell anyone. And so, um, and, and some of them are very religious, and very, this can't be in their religious um, thinking. And so it's not something that they come and brag about, or they're so confused with it. So when... I put them under as far as hypnosis is concerned and they start telling me these stories, I tend to believe them because they are not proud of it and they're, they're as puzzled as anybody else could be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all, this, you know, we're all part of the one. We're all part of this vast connection, you know, that, all of us are working on now. So we, I believe we have to keep an open mind and know that if we have signed up from a soul level to make this multiverse better, to exchange information, then 
what could be wrong with that? If they were asking them to do, say, you know, let's kill everybody whose names start with A, then I would have a real problem with that. But if you are willing to, uh, it, you know, collect information, whatever information you collect on the earth, in the earth, throughout your lifetime, may we extract that information and use it for the greater good? And you say yes at a soul level, and that's happening. Then, for me personally, I can open my mind to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, right. if if you say you don't want to do it anymore, and they honor that, I can open my mind to that. But we're well, all connected, all over the galaxy. You know, we have to take our ego out of this because when you just look at the Milky Way. And you look at our galaxy that we're in, and it's swirling around the sun, and you know that's just one sun. And then we're, we've moved into the, now we can receive, um, we can receive from the central sun, and that's another sun. And you see where we are a speck maybe in, in the galaxy? That's us. That's, that's you and me. And to think that, you know, we we can't be connected. We are all connected all to that. So, and I've always believed that, too. Yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> right. And let me tell you, it took me years to get my mind around this. Because I'm sitting there saying, yep, you are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. I think I've got one, you know. <laughs> I remember as a, as a child thinking, how in the world could I believe in a supreme being with all that vastness beyond what we can even comprehend? And we're it? Oh, come now. Really? You know, I, 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 I always would entertain that idea. I would. Sorry, yeah, Joe, go ahead. I, no, I was, gonna, I was just agreeing with you. It's absolutely. I think a lot of us have that same thought. But you think about it. Let's think about this. You know, ancient cultures always believed in star beings. You've got, you know, Egypt. If you go look at the hieroglyphics, there's one right now um, that, um, say, Seth, for example. If you go and look at um, where he's buried, and you see, you can see a whole string of hieroglyphics that have, one has an airplane, one has a helicopter, one has a spaceship. And then the Egyptians with the elongated head, those look a lot like some of the star beings that people have described. So back then, star beings were obviously here helping them through their spiritual uh, development. If you go to the Native Americans, they always talk about the beings that came from the stars and helped them learn how to plant and garden and keep them alive. And they would come back, you know, periodically. And the Hopi, they're still looking for uh, the Kachina to come back because they think, they, they know that we're, um, in the, we're moving into the fifth dimension. And they're looking for the Kachina to come back and help them move into that. So in every culture just about, 
the ancient ones are looking for a, a star being. So it's my, pretty in, much, yeah. In the Lakota tradition, there, there is something called star knowledge. And I have friends who, who wrote a book about the Lakota creation story about um, people coming, the earth being peopled by beings who um, came from the Pleiades to earth down a spiral staircase and their drawings of that look just like how we just uh, conceptualize DNA to look today. I know, the helix, right? Right, exactly, that double helix, right. Right. Exactly. And the Bible, when you go back to the, when you go to the first or the new, the Old Testament, um, they talk about, um, you know, the the book of Ezekiel talks about how there was, a, it looks like when they were describing a spacecraft, because they said it was rings full of eyes, and then the um, the living creatures went, and that's how they came and went. And, you know, like the wheels were uh, lifted up from the earth and then it was gone. And that's in the New Testament. So even in the Bible you can find descriptions that sound just like they saw star beings. Right. Yeah, Ezekiel in the Old Testament, you mean. In the New Testament. Ezekiel. And then also um, Thessalonians also refers to, um, you know, something similar. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Well, so, you know, you're reminding me of that book that, and bless his heart, the poor man who wrote it just um, got slammed for some um, financial problems that he had, but the man who wrote Chariots of the Gods. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, and so much yeah. of what he reported in that in his work is is similar to what you're describing. Right. So okay. So all right. So if if back in you know uh, uh, thousands of years ago, um, the star beings came and helped the Egyptians uh, to build the pyramids, for example, or or, or whatever um, work that they did around the planet. Well, why are they here helping us today? And how? And Absolutely. if so, how do we know they're? How do we know what they're? How do we know? Well, for one thing, if you look at the last say ten years, or maybe fifteen years, if you'll see how fast technology has has moved in the last fifteen years, for one thing, that's one of the things they're working with. And what they do is they 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 kind of seed the information. And they will, they'll give um, a lot of people the same information. They they call it like they're putting a seed in the person's ear. And not everybody does something with that information, but a lot of people do. And so the ones that do something with the information, that's where technology comes from. They'll have an idea, and they'll be like, "Oh, I have an idea," or they'll come to their dream time. And somebody will wake up and go, you might believe this, but I had a dream last night that if I did this and this and this to a cell phone, it could do this and this. You know, they think they thought it up in their dream time, but that's one of the ways they reach people. And so Hollywood especially 
they're easy because you know they everybody loves movies and so if we see it in a movie we're more apt to believe it than if somebody just stood up on a podium and say hey look at this so our technology has totally increased I don't know how many percent but in the last 15 years it's funny that when you said that my initial thought was um, what do we do with that technology because I, I I often think that we do misuse it. Even though it's increased, where it is misused, I think it, it just boils back down to us being humans. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, they've helped us so many thousands of years, and we get to a point where we're almost there, and you know, I'm thinking, they're thinking, well, I can, I can turn him loose now. And then we just screw it up, you know. And so, we, you know, everything, not everything they've given us, but a lot of what they've given us, we've used for war. You know, I mean, you look at the stealth bomber, you look at some of the, um, some of the um, things we've used against other people, and those things didn't mean that they didn't mean for those things to be used against people they were supposed to be used for people to help people but we just have to take it and use it for the negative you know so um another we have to change that as yeah as we connect deb which is i think so important that you're doing this show and i know the audience feels the same way i mean i could just feel it and we have to connect strongly and keep keep our thoughts on the positive and on each other and look at after each other and lifting each other up because that's how we're going to, you know, we're going to be powerful and that's how we're going to move it up and, and move it up and ascend by doing this, by staying connected in a positive way. I agree with you, Dale, and I, and I hear you. And I'm thinking back about what you're saying about so much of the, the technology and the information that has been downloaded basically to, to human beings from star beings, and it's been used in such um, horrible ways and not the way that they had intended. Why don't they just throw up their hands and go, I give up, these people down here on Earth are nuts, and we're just not helping them anymore because they're so mean. Why do they keep well, doing it? Because they can't ascend any higher if they let us go. Oh. That's like saying, I've, I've got a big family, I've got a brother, you know, and he, does, he can't help himself, so I'm just going to cut him out. And, and what does that do to me that says, okay, I've just, I've, I've just closed my heart to that, to that brother and I just let him, let him die. And if I do so, that, I can't ascend upward. Because, because guess what? We're all connected. So these folks, and I can't, for lack of a better term, from, from other dimensions or galaxies or, or planets are, are also on this evolutionary path just as we are. Yes. A yes. spiritual evolution. Big time. Big time. Oh, okay. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Right. So that's, you know, 
that's the whole that's the whole thing. You know, we are we are in service to each other and we're in service to a higher power. And and that's what it boils down to. And that's how when we learn that, when we get that message, and when we say we're connected, we have to mean we're connected, not just say it. You know, it's like if you tell me, look, you know, I broke my leg, I can't, I can't even get up off the couch. I have to mean I, when I say, oh, I want to, you know, I, I'm connected to you, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to look after you. I need to drive down there and look after you. You know, I need to drive where you are and look after uh-huh. you because we're connected, you know. Um, so we have to mean it. And that's how we all ascend. Not one is better than the other. All in the multiverse. I like that. Yes. The multiverse. And so these people that live their lives through just pure ego, you know, you have to look at them and go, who the hell do they think they are, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, I do anyway. Maybe you don't, or Joel, maybe you don't. (laughs) Because... We have to connect and we have to move it up. But star beings are on an ascension path as well, yes. And they will continue to help us. And, and, and maybe they'll continue to help us and we just blow ourselves up, but um, they will continue as long as they can continue. As long as they can go. And they will go and go and go. And so our, don't need to really be afraid, you know. Okay. Our, I'm processing so much of what you're saying. I know, I know it feels like I'm, I'm lagging behind here, and I probably am because I'm, what you're saying is just I'm having to really process it. So, uh, so our star beings that are connected with us, or these these folks, are they? Uh, spiritually, evolutionally, along the path further along than we are? I know I didn't say that well, but does that make sense? Not, not all of them. No, not all of them. Some of them are struggling just like we are. Some of them um, are, can be a little negative, just like we do. And, um, you know, we are one of the last planets to... Um, that we have this this much negativity and this much like you know we're our vibration so low you know this is kind of a really heavy planet um but yeah there there are many of them that do struggle and there are many of them that do um you know they're trying they're trying so they have that struggle as well but they're not they're not struggling you know, we sometimes I say we're struggling, but some people don't know they're struggling. And mm-hmm. the idea is we keep our frequency up because people that have low frequency here on this planet really are in they they they're creating a lot of chaos for themselves right now, and so they're very uncomfortable. Very. But, but you know, collectively, um, as they just the individuals with the low vibrations as that becomes a collective body, it would stand to reason that that would create 
not only chaos for themselves but for everyone because of our connectedness, right? Right. It does affect it. Right. But you know, you know who else is really affected is you know any. When I started doing past life regressions, and people would come in and they were there would be something wrong with them, like they may have a physical problem or they may have something going on where they like uh, they would have depression. They would want to kill themselves. They would want to um, commit suicide. They and they would come in and we would start talking and I would regress them. And they would go back and the life before this one, they, w- they would call up, say, a life before this one, although it's all happening at the same time. And they were on another planet. And this would be their first life on this planet. And what was happening was they felt so lonely and you all probably either work with somebody like this or maybe someone like this is your friend or someone you've come across in your life that has been one of these people that had a past life that they lived on another planet. And these people have certain characteristics that you can look at and you can sort of discern who they are but they struggle. They really struggle. What are those characteristics, Dale? Well, the characteristics usually are, um, it's different based on where they came from, but um, some of them are um, very thin, you know, long fingers, you know, their hands are very thin, long fingers. Um, some of them um, are, they, they don't fit in. You know, they're the type of people that um, they don't understand drama. They'll back, they'll back away from it. Um, a lot of them just like to go up in the mountains and live a very uh, quiet life. They um, suffer terribly with depression. And they just have this longing for home and feeling like this this world is not their home. They um, like to, a lot of them are, will be pilots or people that fly airplanes because they don't like to put their feet on the ground. Um, flight attendants sometimes will, will be one of those people. Um, and they have, a lot of times they'll have, their eyes will be wide apart um, if you'll notice, they also um, physically have problems in that they um, they have a lot of allergies and digestive problems. And the best thing for um, one of those people to do is just be on a liquid, just stay on a liquid diet, because our food is really, really hard for them to digest. And so it's just really, really easy for them to just stay on a liquid diet, basically. But they, wow. they turn out to be scientists um, or, or geologists or something of that nature. Um, you won't see them, you know, being a salesperson or anything like that. But they'll do something quietly. 
and they'll be highly intelligent. So um, they 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 do struggle with being. They feel like they're different. They just feel like they're different, and they don't they don't fit it. And I wonder. This is just Dale. I wonder if Aspergers. If if that is not a um, form of having had a life on another planet and then coming here. Because I don't believe that that those who have Asperger's, this is their primary dimension. I believe that their primary dimension is somewhere else. Because they're highly intelligent, but they just don't worry themselves about being the social butterfly. But they can get some things done in the realm of the whole universe, multiverse. So I have a very high regard for those people. Interesting. But those are some things that I think we all know someone like that. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously some people will always struggle, right? They'll, they'll, never, they'll never understand that they potentially had an experience or a lifetime as a star being, and they'll just struggle with those side effects or, or uh, issues resulting from, if you will. In your experience with the people that you've worked with, have you ever had anyone that was just, they just reconciled with it and, and it was okay? Much like dealing with a past life in, in this physical realm, they were just okay with it and moved on? Well, and after you answer that question, yeah. Dale, we're going to take a break. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple, but um, some of them aren't too happy about that. I can imagine. So, yeah. Wow, and I would think it would be really cool to have been to have lived on another planet. As you were describing the process. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so, but. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't fit any of those characteristics you just named, so I guess not. But <laughs> I was thinking, that I was checking my fingers. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm going, no. <laughs> Look at my eyes. So. How wide are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dale, hold on to that eyes. thought for just a minute, if okay. you would. And then, okay. and also when we come back from the break, I, I know that you have your own story and information from your own guide and if we could talk about that when we get back so we'll do that in just a minute let me tell folks what in the world they're listening to folks this is deb and friends quest for connection podcast and i'm deb bowen the anchor host for this uh, lovely event that's evolving into just fascinating conversations among me and seven of my wonderful friends who are all um, amazing spiritual and psychic practitioners and we come from varying world beliefs and viewpoints and we seek connection as we talk about a myriad of topics so we're so happy that you are with us you can listen to this podcast in several ways I'm uh, whichever way you're listening to it now obviously maybe on blog talk radio or on iTunes or on YouTube you can also connect with us on our Facebook page you can you can connect with us in our email account, which is Deb and Friends Deb Bowen. I'm sorry, Deb Bowen and Friends at gmail.com, and and on my website uh, debbowen.com, where you can find a page that gives you 
contact information for each of the uh, participants in this podcast individually if you'd like to communicate with them. And let's just focus for a minute here on Dale and her work and Joel and his work, and then I'll tell you about some things that I've got coming up as well. So Dale, if you'd like to tell folks a little bit about about you and and, uh, what services you might be having coming available at some point in the future. Okay. Well, first let me say, if if we're not down to one listener by now, um, I would like, if you have had an encounter or something similar to that, I would love to hear from you via email. Um, And my email address is um, H-E-H-E-W-U-T-I-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-
So I'm sitting there in my family room. I look up in the corner, and there's this big, tall, holographic, it, 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 the colors of bubbles. I can't, there's so, there's so many colors just swirling around. It looks like the colors inside of a bubble just standing there. And everywhere I went, I would look up in the corner, and the entity would just be there. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Now, my husband was home, and he couldn't see anything. And so I thought, well, this must be what Carrie was talking about. So, so I'm sitting there, and my husband's outside doing snow things, and I said to him, uh, you know, are you the one that Carriel was talking about? And I heard yes. And then I said, what is your name? And he told me. And so I sat there and sat there and sat there, and I closed my eyes, and his energy was so strong. It was just so strong. So my husband comes in and says, hey, now's a good time to go down to DMV, and let's get our licenses while we're here. And I was like, no, today? And he said, yeah, yeah, uh, I bet everybody's cleared out and there won't be a line. So I'm like, okay. We go down there. Now I could hear it and understand my husband very clearly. We go down to DMV, and everybody that talked at DMV, I could not understand a word they said. It sounded like they were all saying their words backwards. And I freaked out. I thought I had had a stroke or something. And I thought, well, if I've had a stroke, why can't I hear and understand my husband? But I can't understand anyone else. And then I thought, oh, it must be my new guide. So I would... The lady, would, and you know how friendly, you know, those ladies can be from time to time. So, um, I, so I, she would ask me something, and I would look at my husband, and he would say, go ahead. And I'd say, what she say? And so he would tell me. So finally, I think she just gave me my license just to get me out of there. So um, anyway, we got in the car, and my husband said, what is going on with you? And I told him, and he said, well, I don't know what to tell you, you know. I, I don't know what to say. So we go home, and I was so afraid that I told him, I said, I can't do this because if your energy is going to be this strong, I can't live my life like this, you know. So you're going to have to just, I need to push you back for a while so I can get not afraid anymore. So I would keep seeing him, but I would keep saying, you know, just, just push back a little bit, push back. And I went probably for about eight months. And then finally one day I said, okay, I'm going to try this again. And I was really scared. But you ha- please work with me. You have to work with me. So after that, he would work with me, but his energy didn't confuse me like that. So he did pull the energy back. But he told me, he said, I don't want you to read any other person's channel, no other person's information for a year. And I'm going to give you all of this information. And I want you to write it all down. And when you finish, I'll let you know when you're finished. And I want you to apply it to to everybody that you can 
and I'll let you know about that. So honestly, I would be cleaning the house, and then all this information would pour through, and I would have to throw down the mop, the broom, everything, and run and get a piece of paper and write it all down. So it wasn't like I was just meditating one night, and it was quiet, and it all rushed through. It was like at the most inopportune times. But when we finished, I had four notebooks full of information, so that could be another show. But anyway, so he showed up and told me that he was from the ninth light. Now, I'm not sure where that is, but he's never incarnated. But he is here to be in service to mankind to help us ascend because that's really important right now. The whole universe is watching us and watching us and helping us trying to ascend so that we can accelerate our spirit's growth. And Deb, I know that you're working on something similar to help people grow their spirits as well. So there are many, many of them in different forms from different places that they find it so important right now that we do this kind of work. So, I mean, and I had to agree with him that I would do this type of work. So they don't take it lightly. And as you know as well, Deb, they don't take it lightly. And they'll just keep bugging you until you <laughs> make a move somehow. So That's just true. Yes, and this is what this is where I sort of got started, and he certainly worked with me, and um, and I did what he said, and um, so he's I run just about everything past him before I say anything. Um, he's not my highest guide, but he's one that I use most often right now for information about humanity. So that's kind of my story, but. I guess the point to all that is that if you are so called on, then you can ask them to work with you and help you, and you can kind of get it on your terms if you ask them. So don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. I think that so makes perfect sense because it goes right back to the boundary setting that is always encouraged. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. Set your boundaries to be comfortable and then ease them up as you are. So that makes perfect sense. Right. And, you know, even people who deal with the paranormal and they get afraid, I think we talked about that in another show, though, you know, you can say, I'm the one with, you know, I'm the one that sets these boundaries. And if you want to work with me, then I have to have it this way because I'm the one on this earth I have to fight gravity and negativity and low frequency and all this. So you've got to work with me in order for me to, you know, to to help mankind to be in service. So this house got it's got to be like this, you know. And they, I've never had any pushback or anything like that. So I think that's important for people to know. But it's okay that we do that. They'll wait. They will wait for you. I I mean, you know, yes. I mean, what Dale's referring to here with the work that I'm doing is this 
channeling this information from a, a, a being who calls herself Mary Magdalene, which has um, given me a, a, a way to to feel safe, I think, with the information that I'm getting. It's always positive. It's always uplifting. But I, I so remember, Dale, and, and we'll do this story another time. I won't take up all of your time with your work with this, but I remember the first time I got this information coming at me and it was at lightning speed in a meditation and I came out of the meditation and I called Joel and I said, I've lost my freaking mind. You do, do think that at first, let me tell you. Do you remember me calling you and saying that to you, Joel? I absolutely do. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> and sweet, wonderful, my friend, my friend from 40-some years, Joel, said, well, now, honey, let's look at it this way. <laughs> Yeah. You need a particular yeah. rock to be working with. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what friendship is, folks. Let me tell you. But um, <laughs> but I do know what you mean, Dale. In that in that you do have the right to set those boundaries and those parameters. And and I remember when I backed away from the information that I was getting it because I called you too. Remember where you and I talked about yeah. this? Yeah. And and I said, I, I this is just nuts. I got to quit. And, so I, I walked away from it for several weeks, and then when I went back into meditation and said, okay, I'm willing to listen to some things you've got to say here, but i got some questions. And mm-hmm. she, for lack of a better word, very patiently and very kindly answered my questions and said, you know, we're, we're, I'm waiting. We'll be waiting. We'll be ready whenever you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the way mm-hmm. it has gone now for two years. Right, right, right. Because... We have to remember, too, we are not the only people that they give information to, and that's why a lot of information that comes out is similar information because, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, you just tell me something. I just read that on the Internet. Well, maybe they did, but they don't just give the information to one person. Mm -mm. You know, they give the information to many people. Because some people that get information just don't share it because they are too afraid. So we have to understand that they use more than one tool. So as long as the information that I receive is not going to hurt anyone, that's kind of my gauge. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's not going to be to someone's detriment. And it's not from ego. Then I'm pretty sure that that information is legitimate and that's kind of my you know my test my litmus paper my the way I I do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'll run it past my my highest guide and say okay I just heard this is, is this okay and I'll, I'll get a yes or a no so mm. but but yes they're very they're very active and they love to work with you so just just remember that um, there's much work to be done and just stay in your integrity. And I think that's really important. Dale, can I ask you, in that year that you suspended your other work where you weren't listening to anyone else, so you weren't, I guess, I presume that you weren't doing any mediumship or psychic readings, right? You were just completely dedicated to taking information from him? That's correct, yes. When you resumed, or have you fully resumed? So in addition, I, I know like earlier you, you had uh, mentioned to the listeners if they had a similar experience or had have anything that they felt was a counter to please contact you. 
are you doing both your mediumship and your other psychic work in addition to this now? Yes. Have you yes. resumed that? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed after resuming, so after that year period where you had dedicated yourself just to receiving that information, basically not getting any distraction, if you will, from, from other type of work, now that you had gotten that information and began applying it, was there any difference in the mediumship work and the psychic reading work that you were doing? Well, uh, not really. Not really. I mean, uh, it was tweaked up a little higher. Uh-huh. But um, it was about the same. But okay, just, I was I just wondering if maybe you... was just a little higher. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm probably not wording it the best because I'm thinking on the fly because this is just such an interesting topic. Have you noticed an increase of persons who have more interdimensional communications now coming to you beyond just the clientele that you had before? Well. Almost like they're being directed in a way. Would that make sense? Yes. I mean, I've had people come to me that don't seem to be as afraid. And and here's the thing. They send you the people that they want you to work with. That's okay. So, That's perfect. Thank yeah. you. So, see, I don't know. I only know the people that come to me that they send to me. Um, so the people so far that I've had to work with seem to be elevated to a little bit higher frequency. So they don't seem to be as afraid. They don't seem to be as, you know, back in the olden days, they seem to be just like, terrified right and now they don't seem to be in that state they seem to be um more open-minded and they might say could it be this could it be that i'm not sure you know and and maybe we do some hypnosis and just confirm what they think interesting joel i have a question for you yes we we have about five minutes here and so I know that you and Dale and I have talked about trying to find some kind of an analogy here on the planet Earth that will help us to conceptualize some of what we've been talking about, star beings. you want to tell us about that? Sure. Everybody, this is just kind of a one of those serendipitous human interest moments. But earlier this week, I was just perusing some human interest articles, you know, to kind of feel good about the world and the way things are going sometimes. And I found this wonderful little article about this woman who had rescued an octopus. She and her family were visiting uh, the Red Sea, the Samba Bay at the Red Sea, and her name was Helena, I believe, and this was in 2014. And walking along the beach, they found an octopus that was stranded on the sand and was quickly in the process of dehydration. And they carried it back to the ocean and set it in and watched it kind of reorient itself and then start moving it. But they said it took a little while, and they were really worried. The interesting thing was the next day they went back to the same area because they were staying there as vacationers, and they're just walking up and down the beach on a daily basis as we do. As they were walking, they kept noticing they could see a shadow out in the water, and it kept coming closer and closer. They weren't quite sure what it was. Interestingly enough, as it eventually got close enough into the shallows where they could see it and the sun lit it up, it was the same octopus that they had rescued the day before. And this octopus trailed them in the water 
and, and just kind of followed them on their walk for approximately a full hour. And as they kind of got into the, the tide with it and, and, you know, just like ankle-deep water, it would try to reach out and just touch them. And I, I thought that was such an amazing story because they felt that the octopus was saying thank you for having rescued them. And I, I, at first I, I thought, I have to find out a little bit more about this story. So I quickly Googled it and not only found that story in a little greater detail, but yet another story of a gentleman who was on a beach and found one and had a very similar experience. He scooped it up in a cup, took it to a tidal pool, set it free, and, and both of these have videos out on YouTube that I've shared with Deb that she's going to post. But you can watch this amazing creature sit there, completely reorient itself. And it takes a few minutes um, for it to completely inflate and start moving around and feeling comfortable again because it was in such shock. But after a few minutes, it very slowly moves across the floor uh, of this tidal pool and reaches out to the man and rests one of its arms on the man's surf booty and just lays it there for just a few seconds and then it slowly moves away and it doesn't take off as if it has any fear but the i noticed the entire time the arm was on the booty it was making eye contact with the man and you could see the man's cell phone taking the video at the same time so you could see where the octopus was looking it was just a great story so i i would invite folks to go out and look at those you know when you think about uh, octopuses interestingly enough they're often considered aliens of the deep and yet they have this amazing intelligence and there's some phenomenal stories about things that they can do and the way that they interact with people it, it's it's mind-blowing so there's some great stories out there and I would encourage everyone to read those and, and just kind of enlighten yourself a little bit uh, I just love that and you know I Joel and I grew up uh, on houses on the ocean and we neither one of us knew some of the information that he has researched this past week about um, about octopuses it's not octopi I've learned thank you Joel uh, so it just just to think about how we view beings here on this planet as being alien to us like the aliens of the of the deep and and yet there they are. They're right here among us. And I think that's a big part of what Dale has shared with us, is that it's really um, a lovely multiverse and that we can, can really entertain the notion of being connected in ways far beyond any way that we may have previously considered. Is that a fair assessment of what we've been talking about, Dale? Yes. And, you know, people used to say, well, you know, I'm so afraid they're going to come take over the planet. Well, they're on the planet. So if, if they want to take it <laughs> over, they're taking it over. So we're working with them, you know, uh, on a daily basis. We're um, shopping with them. We're doing all kinds of things with them. And the hybrids, I mean, they're there too. So stop worrying about if they're going to take over the planet. They're here. They're sitting beside you in a cubicle. So if here they you wanted go. to take over, they wanted to take over, you'd been, you would have been taken over by now. <laughs> okay. We're at, we're at the end of our time together, folks. Um, there will be more on this topic. You'll hear a, a, a different take on the subject of star beings next week. 
from Roger Lockshear and Sherry Purbeck, and that's going to be exciting. As, as we hope you uh, are getting, if you're listening to uh, our shows, kind of in the order in which we're, re- we're presenting them to you, we, we'll keep peeling away layers of topics and delving, delving deeper and deeper into just a multitude of topics. And it, it, every time we talk, I make notes while we're, we're working in, to record the show about other things that are uh, ideas that are emerging as, as we're going. So I don't think we're going to run out of ideas, but we're always happy to hear from you. And you can connect with us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, YouTube, my website, debbowen.com, Facebook, we're, we're all over the place and soon to be on Instagram, I think. So thank you all so very, very much for being with us. Dale and Joel, thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank, thank you, you and thank you both for this opportunity to learn. This was, was a great experience. It was for and me, I, too. I want to thank the listeners for hanging in with me. It was us. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank you, too, Dale Dearheart. And so, folks, just have a great week. Keep connecting, and we will be back with you next week. Take care. Y'all hang up. I don't know what happened. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.